This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. As driven, ambitious Christian entrepreneurs, how do we grow our business in a way that honors Christ? From seeking Him first in all of our business dealings, being surrendered to His will, and knowing exactly where and how we can make an impact through our business for the furtherance of His kingdom. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, and these are just some of the topics my guest and I will be discussing in the hope that we may inspire and empower you to walk strongly in your faith so you can build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Now, joining me on today's show is Liz Chisholm. Liz, she is a wife, she is a mom, she's an entrepreneur. And her entrepreneurial journey began in 2014 when she and her husband quit their jobs and started their own craft brewery. Now, they ran that for about five years before a series of events caused them to file bankruptcy. However, while they were still operating their brewery, they They went from working 100 plus hours per week to implementing systems and empowering their staff to run those systems, which allowed them to start a family, to travel, and to invest in their relationships and church family. Now, many other business owners asked them, how they were able to do it. So when they closed, Liz pivoted into being an operations coach and helping businesses to create freedom through systems. Now on today's show, Liz is going to share how systems can create more time to make a bigger impact in the world. She's going to talk about the top mistakes that many business owners make when creating a systematized business, as well as how to leverage employees and systems to scale your business. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Systems is one of those things that, um, yeah, either businesses have them or they are going to have them or in between. And um, it's interesting who you speak to that go, oh, yeah, love systems and others are systems. Uh, In the introduction, of course, I shared a little bit about the journey that the Lord took you on to uh, where you are today. Is systems always been something that you've uh, enjoyed doing and found you were skilled at looking back? You know, now that I'm in the business and I'm looking back, it totally has been a part of my life since I'm actually the second oldest of eight kids. And to run a family with that many kids, you have to have systems in place. Uh, Nobody in my family is systematized and nobody can run the household like I could. So as being the second oldest, my sister, we always joke that she was the visionary. She always, you know, had the great ideas. And then I organized and streamlined everything. So that way our family could actually function and thrive. Uh, So yeah, looking back, I've definitely been a part of it for my whole life. Yeah. It's interesting because when you talk to visionaries, um, 
they will often say, oh, systems, they kind of stifle you. But from an operations coach point of view, I'm sure you would say, actually, they don't. If you have the right systems in place, they can liberate you. They really can provide you the freedom that you look for. Only because there's no systems there, there's a lot of stuff that you have to to deal with. So let's talk about um, if someone is thinking to themselves, oh, you know, Liz, yeah, I don't know if we really need to improve our systems. What are some of the things that are happening in their business that should have them say, you know what, we need to really evaluate and start to recreate or look at what systems are not serving us the best? What are some of the things that would be happening in their business to indicate that? So one of the first things is, is the owner, is the CEO, is that leader excited to show up to work every day? If they don't have the energy, if they're not excited, it means that there's systems that are bogging them down that's taking all their energy. They're either doing things that they shouldn't be doing, their staff's doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and then the owner's jumping in to try to fix the problems and troubleshoot and put out the fires. And you're constantly, you know, as one guy I was talking to, um, and I was helping him put systems into business. He said, you know, before I was always looking in the rear view mirror, what do I need to fix? What do I need to undo and then redo myself? And so that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, is my business growing and my time in the business not growing? Because so often business owners do, and this is where I was, you know, I wanted my business to grow, so I worked more hours. And I wanted my business to grow, so I worked more hours. And all of a sudden, I was at 100 hours a week, and I ran out of hours, and I still wanted my business to grow. And so I had to find a different way of doing something instead of just adding more time to me working. So those are kind of some of the big areas to look at. The other one to look at is are you having a lot of turnover in your business? If you're seeing employees come and go and come and go, there's not a place for them in the business. And usually it means that there's not systems. There may be a dictatorship. There may be, you know, something along the line of the owner barking out orders all the time, but it's not actually a system. And Mm -hmm. systems always have a vision. And we'll get to that, you know, as we work through this. um, Yeah, absolutely. What I love um, what you've just shared there, you know, absolutely the visionary often comes up with lots of great ideas and uh, great ideas starting new projects and so forth. And I love the analogy that you started at at the beginning. You shared how your oldest sister was very much a visionary and then you were working behind or beside her implementing the the various things to ensure that things would run smoothly. What would you say is the definition of systems? What do systems mean to you? I say that systems are a repeatable way of creating success. So it's not something that's a piece of paper that's, you know, something's written down and you're following the instructions. You know, when you go and bake cookies that you've baked a hundred times, you're repeating a process that's turning these amazing cookies out. And you may not even look at the recipe anymore, but you know that if you follow this process exactly, you're going to get amazing cookies at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. so when you have a system, you're repeating success. I always talk about people who brush their teeth. There's a system to brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth two times a day and you floss. And that's a system. They don't have instruction manuals that are 10 pages long on how to brush your teeth. It's 
what you're, you're taught and that system gets passed down from generation to generation to prevent cavities and keep your teeth clean and all this type of stuff. So it's a way of repeating success. Yes, fantastic. And you say, you know, systems create more time to make a bigger impact in the world. And of course, this podcast is very much speaking and supporting Christian entrepreneurs. And uh, as we know, the Lord does like order, he doesn't like the chaos and, and confusion, of course. So when we're talking about systems creating more time, initially, if there are no systems in place, it's going to take some time, dedication and attention, isn't it, to be able to start to put those systems in place. Where does one start? And then we'll talk about some of the top mistakes, but where do we start? If, if someone's listening or watching or even the recording thinking, yeah, Liz, we really need to start from the beginning. What is a good place to start? So an exercise I always have everyone do is to either set a timer for five minutes or 10 minutes, depending on how much time you have and, you know, your circumstances. And what I do is I say, I um, call it the curiosity game. And so you, you want to either sit down with yourself if you're a solopreneur or sit down with your team. And that could be your independent contractors, your virtual assistants, your staff, your team abroad, your team here, and sit down and just be curious about what it would look like if there was a system in place. Because one of the big things about systems is what is that end goal? What is that end result? How do you actually define success? And if you can all be on the same page of what that looks like, then you can start start troubleshooting, okay, what is this? And all good brainstorming sessions go through some highs and lows. So you, you know, start the timer and you have a ton of stuff that you write down. You know, I wonder if I could make a process where my customer was, you know, taken care of throughout the entire thing, you know, from the time that they are a lead to the time that they become a paying customer or a client, you know, and then they leave a review, like, where are those touch points? Where are the follow-ups? Where's that customer journey? You know, but you can even have small stuff like, I wonder, if there was a way that we could, you know, manage my email so it doesn't take me three hours to go through emails every day and it only takes me a half an hour. You know, it could be big stuff, it could be small stuff. But when you approach systems from a curiosity standpoint, you're using the front of your brain where you have more openness and more energy versus this judgment of like, I don't have systems and I'm not doing this right. And you come from this, you know, idea of being a failure. And if you approach systems that way, then you're not actually going to fix the right system or put the right system in place that's going to give you the most bang for your buck. And yeah. so it always goes back to the 80-20 rule. So if you play the curiosity game, set a timer for five or 10 minutes and ask yourself what systems would make it come to this outcome. I wonder if we could do this. I'm curious about this and write everything down. And probably the 10th or 11th thing that you write down is going to be like, oh, wait a minute, this is really where I need to start. And it's not that first or second thing that you actually think about Im immediately. And so from there, you can just start taking it bite size at a time and actually decide, okay, what needs to happen to make this system work? What needs to happen to actually create the results that we want. And oftentimes it's eliminating a lot of stuff because as business owners, we keep adding, add this idea, add that idea, add this system, add that system. And all of a sudden we have this muddy system mess. Mm -hmm. And so we need to eliminate a lot of stuff and be like, okay, let's get back to the basics. What is the most simple way to get to this result that we're defining as success? And therefore we're going to create a system for that. 
Yeah, I love that. That's important, isn't it? Um, tops mistakes. You're going to talk about that in a, in a moment, but I think I heard you uh, say one thing, and that that's obviously I would imagine one one mistake or one of the mistakes is make sure the system in and of itself doesn't become so complex that creates a whole other aspect of uh, a block, isn't it, or a bottleneck for um, yourself or, or your team. Okay, so we're sitting down. We're going to give ourselves uh, the permission and set the intention to write some systems, get some systems down. But we need to be mindful that we don't fall into some traps, you know, mistakes that you say often can um, come about when creating a systematized business. What are some of these top mistakes that we need to be mindful of? So there are five. The first one is you want to just start some type of system, some type of system that's documented and communicated is better than no system. So oftentimes business owners want the perfect system and they want the, you know, user's manual for X, Y, and Z process that's beautiful and color coded and printed and laminated and design work on it. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day whether it has all of that. And so to actually just write it down. I am a huge proponent of Google Docs because most people have a Google account of some sort or something similar. And so just open it up and just say, hey, if I were in the elevator with you, you know, what do I need to do? And just start. So oftentimes people don't start. Like you mentioned before, the simplicity of an SOP is going to far outweigh something that is super complex. Now, it's not to say that you can't have a complex process, but you don't need to start out like that. And so to really try to hone in on creating what is the step-by-step -step process. One of the ways to do this is to just get post-it notes and say, okay, we do this step and then we do this step, but have all the steps on a post-it note because then you can rearrange it very easily and you can just take a post-it note out of your process and throw it away because it's not serving your process anymore. So simplicity always trumps complexity. And then the next one is, like we've mentioned before, is there's no end result or end goal or vision of what it would look like. And so one of the things that you need to constantly ask yourself when creating a system is what is this actually going to do? There was one time I was working for a coffee shop and I was helping them create some SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. So it's the processes all written down in a document. And I was helping them systematize their coffee production process. And one of the vision that the owner had was to be able to be on a coffee field in Colombia and her business thrive without her. And she wasn't going to have cell phone service or anything. But then as we were creating the process, she was like, oh yeah, when this happens, then they would just email me. And when this happens, they would call me. And when this happens, they would contact me. And I'm like, yeah, that's great and all, except remember your vision is that you're in Columbia. You're yes. not answering your phone. What would the process be while you're gone? Now you can use yourself as training wheels, but you still need to be able to pull yourself out and actually do that. You know, one of, I have a virtual assistant that's a social media manager for me and her job is to make me work less. Mm -hmm. So her job is to take things from me so that I am not working too much and I can focus on my family. So 
sometimes I need to train her in something more so I can give her that and not take it over because I don't want to work more than 15 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And so when I have that goal in mind and I've shared that goal or shared that vision with my VA, she now knows how to support me. She knows, hey, I've got a little bit of time. What else can I do to make sure that you're not working too much? You know, and those types of things. So you always want to keep the vision in, in mind and what is that end result. And then the next one is, which is a really funny one, but most business owners, as they're starting out and they don't have a big team and they're writing all the SOPs and they're documenting all the processes that are in their head that they've just done automatically, they don't share it with their team. Because again, going back to number one is they want it to be perfect. And mm -hmm. so there's been so many times I've been talking to business owners and I'm like, okay, so, you know, let's figure out why the system isn't being followed or what's wrong with the system. And they're like, well, you know, the, the team member's not doing this and the team member's not doing that. And then I realized that they've never shared it with the team member and the team member has no idea what's actually written in this document. It's all yeah. been this verbal kind of telephone game. And so actually sharing it and collaborating with your team is going to be huge for making your systems a success. And then last but not least, and there's obviously a lot of little mistakes, but this is one of the biggest ones that I see is there's no feedback loops. There's no way of checking in to see if this system actually worked. And one of the ways to do that is to, if you have a small team, to give your team members permission to explore new ways of doing a process as long as they're going to reach the goal, the end vision. And then if they try a new process, they're responsible for writing the new process and communicating with that to everybody else. If you have a larger team and you have multiple people doing the same process, let's say you have um, a bunch of people who are doing calling or doing some type of, you know, team members, I work with a lot of real estate agents. So there's a lot of people that do the same job. Then you have to have a little bit more structure in that where they have to present a new way of doing it before it actually gets done. And you have everybody doing different stuff, which you don't want. And so creating feedback loops within the system is the best way to actually mitigate a lot of the mistakes instead of people just making up whatever they want to do. And then a month or two later, all the documentation that you did on your systems is mm -hmm. null and void because nobody's following it. Yeah. What I love about that feedback loop too, uh, particularly if you think of a business owner who may be a solopreneur and they know that they want to get support right from a t team member like a v VA, so they may not yet have one, but they document the system as they may do it. But then when they onboard a new uh, VA, having a feedback loop and saying to that VA, look, try this out. This is the way that I've been doing it. But if you come up with a different way or this, this particular VA may be completely or highly skilled in that area, she or he may um, have a lot of different input that could take that system and, and create something that really work, works well. And I think if we don't create a space that does that, the team don't feel um, that they're able to, to, to step forward. And that allows for systems to continue to evolve and really um, work, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Do you find that the the companies or the solopreneurs or a small business owners who don't provide that opportunity, their business systems can become stale or outdated? 
Yeah, stale or outdated, or even the employee just feels like they are not empowered at all. And so they're either going to do their own thing, which Mm. again, outdates the systems, or they feel very trapped and very stifled in their creativity. And they don't feel like they're an actual person. They feel like they're just a number or they're just the robot following the SOP and they have no say in the matter. Mm -hmm. And when you empower the team and you empower the employees to fix the system, you, you know, then have those, you know, conversations of when something doesn't work, it's not your fault. It's the system's fault. And so then you can fix the system and you're on the same team as your team members versus you're blaming them or, you know, using language that is not appropriate in a, you know, community where you want to be a leader and you want to be able to talk about something that's not just, you know, pointing fingers all the time. Yeah, so, so true. This beautifully segues into the third point that you want to share a few more insights on today is how can we begin to leverage employees and systems to scale the business? I mean, this was a great example that you just gave earlier that if you're not empowering and providing a a wonderful environment where employees feel that they can contribute, but rather just doing this you know, process and don't really feel valued. That's obviously one way that uh, you're not going, you'll demotivate team members, I'm sure. But what are some things that we can start doing with our, with our systems and of course with our team members to ensure that we can continue to grow and scale our business? So one of the things is to always have systems be a part of the conversation. Always say, is there a better way? How could we have done this differently? Um, you know, things that you're asking questions without that judgment and you're coming from a place of curiosity is really where your employees are going to shine. Another one is really getting rid of the pride. And it's so hard for business owners because I'm saying this to myself is we start out business saying that we know everything or we think we know everything. And then when a team member comes along, we have to teach them everything. And oftentimes we need to hire or we have hired people who are experts in a specific area. And we need to rely on them and leverage their expertise and their knowledge. And so when we've, you know, anytime I start out making an SOP or, you know, working on the systems, I include the team member and I'm like, okay, what would you do in this situation? Or how would you do it? Or if money wasn't an option, you know, or it wasn't an issue, how would you solve this problem? Now, I'm not saying that you go and write a blank check to all your employees, but it helps them to start being creative and start thinking and start, you know, like we've mentioned, being empowered by those. And then when you start having this huge vision and you've shared that vision with your employees and your employees are on board and they're creating SOPs and they're creating new processes for your business, you're not scaling or documenting your processes to scale your business because your employees are doing it for you. And you have time to work on your business. You have time to go look out for new opportunities. You have time to spend time and, you know, have more quality of life at home and scale back your hours because you've actually, you know, given them permission to reach your goal. You know, I like the verse in Proverbs where it says, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish. And, 
You know, I know it's used a lot in business, but it is so true when the business owner is so busy trying to do all the things and be all the things and be the keeper of all the knowledge, they limit themselves with how big their business can grow and how big their you know, impact in the world can be. But if they say, hey, here's the vision, come on board with me and let's reach this vision together, then you have a thriving community and your business doesn't depend on whether or not you showed up for work 100 hours a week. It depends on your vision and growling everyone together to support that vision and work towards that vision. Yeah, so true. Talk a little bit about, um, I mean, you've talked about documenting and ensuring that these systems um, have have also been empowered uh, in the creation of, if you've already got a team there. What about some of the things in, in storing the systems? Because there's one thing creating systems, and I know that sometimes, maybe this is just me, I've got now one place where we store all of the systems and I've got a lot of virtual teams. So it, of course it's, it's online. It's, it's almost like having a filing system and there's no system around how you're going to file the things. So you might have a filing system, but to find something um, can be a little bit tricky. And that can also be with the systems and how are you going to manage the systems? How are you going to keep it so that people can access it uh, in a streamlined, simple way. What are some things that you can share in this area? Because I could imagine that this is also something that many businesses don't consider. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I use Google Docs. I also use Google Sheets. And so I create what I call an SOP vault. So a standard operating procedure vault where every SOP we've ever created is there. Because what's nice is if you've named your SOP very searchable names, you know, this process, that process, how to do this, then it's a simple control F and you can search for anything in the vault. The other thing is I always approach systems, not from an individualistic standpoint, but from a position standpoint. What are the systems that this person is going to do? Because it's one thing to write down all these systems. It's another thing to say, these are the systems you're responsible for. And so when you put a person, and it could be yourself as you're growing, you know, or it could be, you know, other people, depending on how big your team is. But when you say you're responsible, you're the owner of these systems because they are part of your job, Mm -hmm. then it's an easier conversation instead of one person trying to manage all these systems. Um, The other thing is that I usually make some type of document that has links to every system for a position. So if one person leaves, I don't have to go through a library of thousands of, you know, documented processes and try to cherry pick what this person is going to be doing on my next hire. It's all within one system. Now, with that being said, because I use Google Docs, it's really easy to add comments on the side. Mm -hmm. So there's always systems that you know you're doing and they work great and you're just documenting them so that way there's a place for everybody to be on the same page. There's other systems where you're actually trying to strategize and does this work better? Does that work better? You know, the algorithms changed on social media. So then, you know, is our tactic going to change? Therefore, the SOP is going to change. And so there's all these things that could change on kind of a regular basis, depending Mm. on what you're trying to do. And so the way I do that is, you know, in the document, 
document of the process, there is, you know, you can add a comment and you can highlight something and add a comment. And the nice thing is, is everything is in the document. So it's really easy to just see what's new. You're not looking at a Slack channel and an Asana task and mm -hmm. a random Google Doc and an email to try to figure out where the system is and what updates you've done. It's yes. right there all in the same document. And so by doing that, you actually can then update the document super easily because I'll open up a comment on the side and say, hey, you know, what about X, Y, and Z? Did we solve this issue? What should we do instead? You know, those types of curiosity questions because I'm not the expert. I hired somebody who's the expert. And then she goes and responds and we have a dialogue back and forth. And then when we've solved the issue, I just say, perfect, sounds great add it to the SOP. But the whole comment thread is all on the side of that document. And so it's super easy for that person to just put it into the document. And then they're always updated and they're always ready to go instead of these conversations in 10 different places. And then you're yeah. unorganized again. Yeah, that's right. Because things get lost, don't they? And uh, would you then, um, once uh, the document is, uh, the SOP is updated, would you then delete that thread or would you keep it somewhere in case anyone ever wants to backtrack? To, oh, was this changed? What, what? Uh, you can just push the check mark and so yep. it hides it. And it keeps a history of it somewhere on Google. Uh, yeah. You can pull it up at some point in time, but at least it's not cluttering up your document. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a pretty easy just way. And that's the other thing about Google Docs is you can share it with your whole team. So I have folders that are shared with everyone on my team. And so mm -hmm. everybody can access the same information. And, you know, I don't say, okay, just this one person gets to see this one SOP. I actually do share them across to everyone that's yeah. applicable. Obviously, there's, you know, some boundaries that you may want to put in place. Mm -hmm. But that gives everyone the opportunity that if somebody, you know, decides to leave your company, somebody else can step in because they already have access to it and they can go along without you being, okay, now I got to give access to this person and see what they're doing and everything. And so it just gives it a nice transparent ability to share tasks among multiple people. Yeah, so true. It's interesting, as you were sharing that, I remember a conversation that I had with uh, one of my team members. I just love to document and have things in text. And this particular person, I've even heard this from clients, I'm very visual. I like to see things in in, in like the organisational charts and flow charts, that kind of thing. And it's interesting to get that kind of feedback because, um, again, we're all, we all take information in differently. We consume information uh, differently. And I believe that, you know, there's technology and possibly even Google Docs and, and on those technologies that will allow you to do that and take something in, do more of a flow chart, you know, step one, step two. I mean, I'm quite linear. Just give me one dot, two dot, three dot and off I go. But yeah, yeah. something, what works for you, what works for the team, come up with something that uh, really best supports them in doing their best, uh, you know, in, in that process that they're working on and uh, together then, yeah, as you can say, you can can fulfill that vision through um, you know those tasks. We have only just scratched the surface, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Just the conversation yeah. today, but at least we hope that for the the you know Christian entrepreneurs who are running their business that may be struggling, they may want to scale, but they see that look, I've only got 
X amount of hours in a week and they're already jam-packed, need to get systems in place. At least we've started that conversation. And if they do want to connect with you, uh, Liz, what's the best way to do that? Can you share some contact details and how they can get in touch? Yeah, so I'm Liz Chisholm on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the places I hang out. I do have a uh, Facebook group. I do a lot of live training in there. It's totally free and it's called Systems into Freedom. And that's really what I try to create is not just more bureaucracy within a program or within a system, but freedom within a system. And so that's why I've created my program and my Facebook group and everything, Systems into Freedom. And I do have a free resource that gives all the um, jobs and all the tasks that my VA does for me that allows me to only work 15 hours a week. And I have a document with all of that that I can share with you. So you just can find me and DM me and I can uh, share that with you. Fantastic. One of the things that I do at the end of each show, Liz, is uh, just finish with a word of prayer. May I do that uh, today as we finish up? Please do. Fantastic. Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Liz today and talking about systems and how we can really create structure and processes within our business laws, create order so that we can continue to to invite team to support us and uh, grow our businesses. Father, I just ask for your continued blessing on Liz and her team and the clients and uh, yeah, the, the people and um, other groups that she speaks to, Lord, continue to bless uh, her mission as she continues to support businesses and organizations and churches, really bringing systems, streamlined systems so that they can uh, make much bigger impact in the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. As I said, we've only just scratched the surface and I hope that uh, people are blessed through what they've learned today. But please reach out to Liz and find out more and DM her for that uh, wonderful free resource that she has so graciously offered. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why. I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace and you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.